Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsman and top dragster drag racing. I am your co-host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. And coming to you from rural Virginia, I am J.P. Miller. Guys and girls, welcome to the show. Today is episode 116. J.P., it's 116. It is... Well, as we record this, it is the end of May. We'll get it uh, either out the last day of May or the first day of June. So, you know, five months down to 2023, and we're in the heart of it. We're getting into June. We're getting into the heart of racing all across the country. And I'm telling you, I am absolutely fired up today. I'm fired up, JP, and I hate to tell you that uh, you and all our listeners are going to have to listen to me get on about this. And I'm going to tell you exactly why I'm fired up. If you've been listening to the show, you have heard give me give you facts and data and real world knowledge about why the all the mess about electric cars and pushing all this uh, climate change narrative is absolute garbage. Breaking news, just another piece of the puzzle. So first of all, you know, you know this if you've been listening to the show. If somebody ever comes at you, ever comes at you and says, you race cars, you are hurting the environment, blah, blah, blah. Do not punch them in the face. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'll be okay with it, but you're not supposed to do that. What you should do is you should talk to them about volcanoes and how they create more CO2 every year than anything else on the planet. You should talk to them about commercial fishing and about how commercial fishing does more damage to the environment and to our world than anything we could ever dream of, of race car drivers. And add this one to the list. And this comes, this comes from a highly rated journal called the Radiation Safety Journal. And it's a division of uh, the Health and Physics Safety Journal. But this is the Radiation Safety Journal. And this, this research actually came out in February of last year. But I just stumbled on it now because, truthfully, I don't read the Radiation Safety Journal all that often. But here's what I will tell you. This came out last year. This was a uh, some research they did from 1750 to 2018. So essentially uh, 268 years. And what they realized and what the data showed was that only 
keep that in mind, 12% of atmospheric CO2 that has been added since 1750, so over 250 years, has been man-made. JP, think about that for a second. Think about all the, the mining we're doing, all the government grants, all the things we're doing to push electric cars on all of us, how all the poo-pooing that's being, oh, you're, or you're still doing a, a you know internal combustion engine. Yeah, all of that nonsense that we get blamed for has only been 12% of all the atmospheric CO2 that's been created since 1750 has been man-made. The rest is natural, i.e. volcanoes, etc. We're not doing anything. Like we're, we're not moving the needle as certainly as drag racers, we're not moving the needle. And, and on top of that, even as humans, we're not moving the needle. I am livid, JP, that this isn't on every news station, CNN, NBC, Fox, you name it. It's it's infuriating to me, JP. Yeah, well, they can't put it on the news because it would it would cost a lot of people a lot of money. And at the end of the day, that's what it all boils down to. Somebody somewhere trying to collect some money for something, in my opinion. So I, I've always thought all of that stuff was a bunch of garbage. Um, I'm going to always be a fan of the internal combustion engine. Uh, motors have their place, but I, they're not in anything I'm racing. So, <laughs> right. All I know is that it is exactly what you know, in that this is all a big money laundering scam uh, perpetrated by our politicians. And I just, I will not listen to the conversation anymore. All I know is the data is very clear when it comes to volcanoes. The data is very clear when it comes to commercial fishing. The data is very clear, especially if you want to read the Radiation Safety Journal and the the uh, research paper that was produced um, by, I'm going to tell you a couple people here, um, but it's, let's see, Kenneth Scrabble. George Shabbat and Clayton French. So if you want to talk to those people, they did the research, they wrote this paper, and essentially they said uh, the atmospheric uh, fossil component of this thing is bupkis, absolute bupkis. So I'm furious, I'm absolutely furious. You know what I'm also furious about, JP? I know you got to deal with a lot today, but I'm telling you, the other thing I'm furious about is the neighbor on one side of my house has stopped ripping his Harley. Okay, that's great. That's great. That's a good thing. I'm going to take that as a positive. So I'm going to go, oh, great. Hey, the one neighbor figured out that you can actually drive motorcycles on the road. You don't have to just put them in your garage and just let them rip all night long. Just when he figured that out, the neighbor on the other side got a karaoke machine and thinks you have to sing for the whole neighborhood. But it is the most terrible karaoke you've ever heard like it's worse than what's his name on uh you know uh simon cowell got after you know i mean it's ridiculous and they have no volume control over there it's so loud jp so i've as soon as i get rid of the harley on one side i'm getting this awful karaoke on the other and i like my neighborhood but it's driving me crazy right now I, the only advice I can give you on the karaoke thing is is to get a, a case of beer and go over and join them. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only advice I can give you. It's not bad advice. Not 
That has not bad advice, actually. That is not bad advice. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe next uh, week's episode is just going to be uh, me, you know, uh, drinking beer with the neighbors, doing bad karaoke. That could be that could be a whole episode. Do not do not try me. It might happen. <laughs> Uh, folks, if you have not already caught on, this episode is a little wild. Like, it's a little bit different. Um, what happened was we came off the Memorial Day weekend, uh, got an extended. I had uh, some things that had to be done. It took a little bit longer than what I would like to. So instead of getting back at it on Monday, um, here I am on a Tuesday. I'm behind schedule. JP is taking a much-needed break. He's taking a little vacation with the fam, getting out of here. So it is just JP and I this week. It is just JP and I talking about what it is that we want to talk about, which is very fast, very fast top sportsman and top dragster cars um, and a few other things. But no guests this week. Um, It is just JP and I letting it rip, and you can already tell I'm on one. So this could <laughs> this could get interesting. Uh, so there it is, folks. Uh, if you if you want to ride along with us for the rest of this episode, get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute, clean the shop, work on that old heap. But metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. <laughs> All right, let's put this thing in the water box. Let's get them hot. JP, man, this is an interesting. We're going to talk a lot about the PDRA event at Norwalk this past weekend, and rightfully so. It was a stacked event. There were a lot. You have probably the correct data for me, but there were a lot of top sportsman cars. There were a lot of top dragster cars. There were some wild times in Super Street. We watched uh, our, our guy Brad Cox cross the finish line sideways, actually take the win for a second before he knocked out a mile-per-hour cone and got DQ'd. That was a wild ride if you have not seen that on Flow Racing and or any of the videos that are probably out there. Glad to hear Brad was not hurt, nor was uh, the guy in the other lane, um, collected in that it looked, you know, it was one of those things where he wrecked about five times and never hit anything, you know? Um, so it was, it was pretty, pretty wild. Um, that happened at Norwalk. Uh, what happened was a lot of great racing, a lot of grace racing that said, JP, what wasn't there? Uh, didn't look like a lot of spectators, um, from my vantage point. Yeah, so I think that's the thing, right? And I don't know. Norwalk is a big facility, right? It's a national event facility. It is um, sized for um, major events. Um, Obviously, the national event for NHRA is there. Um, The Baiters have done a great job for a long time in making that a great facility for night of fire or whatever it might be that said here we here we are we've got this great event you and i know the pro nitrous cars amazing the pro boost cars amazing elite top sportsman elite top dragster we'll get more to that later amazing cars but not a lot of people were there so it begs the question at least in my mind it begs the question would you as a racer rather go to 
a national event track, and we let's assume the track prep is the same um, and safety is the same. You go to a national event type style track like in Norwalk where it seats 30 plus thousand people, you know, and I don't know how many people showed up, but it didn't look like a lot. So I, let's let's preface that with maybe there were plenty of people there. It just doesn't look that way because the stadium was so big. Or would you like to go to a smaller facility? Same amount of people show up, same track prep, same safety equipment, but it looks like the stands are full, right? It feels more like an event. What, what do you like better? For me, I like I like the competition aspect of everything, but I will say I've been to races where there were a lot of fans, and when you pull up the stage, you kind of look over and you're like, man, it's a lot of people in the stands. I, I like that feel of it. So for me... I want to race in front of as many people as I can. Um, so if it was a smaller venue, but it was a packed house, I would probably prefer that. I love national event style tracks. I love the track prep and everything, but all things being equal, if it's equal track prep, equal competition, equal payout, all of that type of stuff, I would rather race at a smaller venue where the type of racing and the type of car that I got is kind of the star as opposed to being i'm not gonna say not saying that they're in the background of pdra but as opposed to being a in a supporting role i guess you should say and and i would rather race in front of more fans yeah so that's just, that's my personal thing well and i should say these two things first of all the whether there's stands in the fan stands in the fans how about fans in the stands whether there are fans in the stands or not did not take away from the quality of racing that happened on the track. A. B, I really truly don't know how many people were there. I don't have that data in front of me. I'm just, you know, kind of guessing like we all were watching on a flow going, okay, didn't feel like there were a lot of people there. And I, I think that's the perception of it, right? Is that there weren't a lot of people there, but there could have been. There absolutely could have been. I just wasn't on the property to tell you yes or no for sure. But uh, I think that's an interesting thing. I've, I've always liked personally kind of uh, smaller tracks racing on Saturday night myself, like kind of a uh, because of that, like the, the people that do show up, it feels like a, an event, feels like a big event, you know, even on a smaller track on a Saturday night, whatever it might be, it, it feels like an event. And I think that's what you're talking about there, JP, is yeah the the atmosphere of it and um you know i don't know maybe there's a middle ground somewhere i know the pdra you know feels good about the tracks they run at this is not a commentary on that at all but it is an interesting perspective when you when you think about um how how you you feel as a competitor and how big of an event it is and we talked about you know we were down at the world series of pro mod well that felt like a big deal Right. CBS was there um, recording, you know, the everything that was going on in the property. Obviously, Winlight Bets was there making it a big deal with the Winlight Girls, the whole thing. That felt like an event. I don't know. Um, but Bradenton is is not a huge facility. So the fans that were there, it looked awesome. Right. I mean, it, it looked awesome. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was they kind of they're not it's not a huge facility but they do have a big section of bleachers and i looked up one time and it looked like it was pretty full and, and i mean they drew good good spectator crowd 
um, every day for that event. Yeah, um, and I don't mean it's a so, small facility. I just don't. I mean it's not as big as Norwalk, right? It's no, a, it's not no. as big as Norwalk, and so the amount of people there made it look packed. It was a great event, you know. Maybe those same amount of people in Norwalk, it doesn't look like anybody's there. I, I don't know. It could be. So I would, I would say, you're probably right because some of these some of these facilities are, there's it's like you said they're so big that unless they're just unless they have a capacity crowd, it does not look like anybody is there. So right. that, it, that could be that going on. Like I said, we don't we don't know the fan count or or whatever that at from Norwalk this weekend, but it just. When you're looking at it and looking at the pictures and looking at the live stream and stuff like that, it just doesn't look like a lot of fans. But it, it's so spread out that it that I could see where it would look that way. And I will tell you this. I went to Chicago for the NHRA national event there a couple weeks ago. And they, you know what the NHRA does is they, they blocked off the one side. You couldn't even sit on the one side. So they just videotaped, you know, the one half of the stands on the, on the right side. So it looked – it was full. It looked packed. Um, had they allowed those same people to spread out evenly on it, say it wouldn't have looked as good. So there, there's something to that. Who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe Tyler and the boys have something in the mix um, planned, you know, in the future for something like that. Um, but, but it just was an interesting topic to me, I thought. And, you know, uh, I think we all have our preferences, but from our standpoint, it does feel a little better when there's more people buzzing around watching you stage it up. Yeah, we we and we definitely need more fans uh, out to the track. So, if you can introduce somebody in the drag racing and make a new fan and get them to come out, um, do it, man. It, it, it's only going to help the sport. It's only going to help the tracks. Only going to help the promoters. Only going to help the track operators. And ultimately, it'll help the racers. The more fans you got, the more purse, the more sponsor dollars. All of it. It's one hand washes the other type deal. So, and ironically, that wasn't a a. Uh you know, a commercial for Winlight Bets. That was actually uh, just your commentary, JP, but that's the, <laughs> the whole premise behind Winlight Bets. So, you know, if you have not downloaded it, go to your app store, type in Winlight, one word, download it, and then your neighbors uh, will all enjoy watching racing just as much as you do. Yep, download Winlight Bets, absolutely. All right, JP, let's put this thing in the beams. Let's stage it up, and we're going to do something a little special, a little different this time. This episode, we're going to put the whole elite top dragster elite class in the beams here. What they did at Norwalk was really special, JP. I mean, what they did top to bottom, starting with your number one qualifier, Craig Addis, going 365 four at 198 miles an hour for your top spot was special 365 i do not think we've seen that in a pdra trim as of yet um technically 366 is the lowest you can dial but um for for qualifying purposes they allowed it they let craig you know go 365 with a four for qualifying purposes and the bump spot number 16 qualifier was Russ Whitlock. He goes 382.7 at 190 miles an hour. Now, here's here's the real interesting thing. So you heard on our last show, Steve Furr came on. He's making a run at the Elite Top Dragster Championship again. Guess what Steve Furr goes? 382.7. 
So he does the exact same number that Russ Whitlock does, only he goes 389 miles an hour, which is the tiebreaker. So Steve Furr gets bumped to the regular top dragster class, qualifying number one there, of course, going 382 at the seven. But that changes significantly his point standings um, and potentially what he does later this year to run for a championship. So the class was incredibly fast. Amazing, really, when you talk about 16 cars going 382.7 or really 17 cars going 382.7 or better. The, the whole class was amazing in Norwalk. We kind of knew it. I mean, we kind of knew, right? It's Division Three. Welcome to Division Three PDRA. Come on back. The water's warm. The dragsters are fast here. Yeah, those guys were absolutely flying. And, and, and it's always fast up there. Uh, top sportsman and top dragster is always fast up there. They, they have a lot of hitters in it in that Ohio area. So um, there's no surprise that these guys were up there going that fast. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for Steve for the rest of the season. Um, he's going to have a little bit of making up to do uh, if he wants to win that championship. He definitely got to definitely have to be in the field to, to do that. So I guess we'll see. I don't, I don't know how many more, 382 bumps they'll have for the rest of the year with we'll get ready to get warmer. <laughs> right. But, right. Um, that was definitely that was definitely impressive. The top drags, the guys definitely stepped up this weekend. Well, listen, we many times, many times somebody comes on. Donnie Urban, for instance, comes on the show, boom, wins the next event. Right. We many times we talk about the fat fast bride <laughs> fast brackets podcast bump. Excuse me. Um, we talk about the bump, little karma there. For whatever reason, uh, Steve Furr got on the wrong side of this thing. And at the end of the year, he may be thinking to himself, I, I missed out on a championship for not qualifying by a thousandth of a second. An absolute thousandth in one mile an hour. Like that's going to be hurtful. Uh, now, hopefully, I mean, Steve's a great racer. So there, there's lots of season left and, you know, that – maybe is something he can come over, you know, uh, and, and doesn't become an issue for him. But it was a major storyline, something we would be remiss if we did not talk about. Absolutely. And, uh, it, hey, he did get it fixed, though. Remember, he said he was struggling with it a little bit. So it looks like he it looks like he figured that part of it out. <laughs> right, right. Imagine going, hey, I, you know, um, I, I don't quite have it figured out. And it went 382. You know, right? right? He obviously got it fixed, and yeah, great racer. He, he may come back, and you know that may you know uh, light him up a little bit. And he may you know win a string three or four of them in a row. Who knows? He's a very good racer, but that's a storyline, and that's kind of the interesting thing about elite top dragster and elite top sportsman is, you know, the qualifying in and of itself is just as dangerous as the elimination round. So. Uh, well done to everyone in Elite Top Dragster there in Norwalk. Craig Addis going number one. Casey Ingram, number two. Brian Keller, number three. Pete Maduri ends up winning that thing, number four. Mark Romanowski is five. Frank Falter, the fourth. Sixth. Mike Knott, seventh. Ashley Johnson goes eight. Alan O'Brien with his twin turbo, AM, actually quad turbo AMC, goes nine. Larry Roberts, uh, 10, Robert Pickens, 11, Patrick Forrester, 12, Kathy Fisher, 
who apparently is her last year in piloting a top dragster ride. So that's for sale if you're interested. Sounds like um, Tom Martino goes number 14. Kellen Farmer, our guy, 382 with a 0 for 15. And Russ Whitlock, 382 with a 7. And the bump spot, 190.14 miles per hour. Nicely done, everybody there. Um, keep up the great work. Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. For all your high-horsepower legal needs, hit up www.DragRaceLawyer.com. Sorry, I said that, Drag Racer. It's not right, is it, JP? It's DragRaceLawyer.com. My goodness gracious, I said this 116 times, and I got it wrong. Uh, DragRaceLawyer.com. Ed Harney is there, and he is really, really good when you need him. All right, JP, uh, clean this thing up for me a little bit. My goodness, what happened this weekend? <laughs> All right, uh, PDRA at Norwalk, like we kind of got into in the last segment. Um, car count is still stellar at PDRA. 73 total top sportsman cars showed up. 64 total top drags that showed up. So these guys are coming out in waves for PDRA. Um, they are getting it done. I don't know where some of these people work at, but they must have a bunch of vacation time. <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> I wish I did. Um, yeah, now, it's hard. It's hard uh, showing up on Thursday, I think, man. Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, they're showing up, and they're showing up and running fast. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Top Sportsman Elite. PDRA, you're going to be shocked at this one, uh, Rex. Number one qualifier, Buddy Perkinson. What? 371. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. <laughs> Came out of okay. nowhere with that. No. Right. <laughs> now we're right. Just, <laughs> I'm, they might as well just pencil him in, right? I mean, just, yeah. just make the check with Buddy's name on it. I right. Mean, it's, yeah, at this point. Uh, 371. 371.5 at 202.15. Uh, the bump spot was a little higher, uh, 4017 at 184, but still a good show. Um, when it was all said and done, a friend of the podcast, Donnie Urban, wins over Brian Laflamme. Donnie goes 378.5 at 196 to Brian's 379.3 at 195 for the double breakout victory. So congratulations to Donnie. Put another one in the winner's circle, so that'll that'll uh, definitely uh, improve his chances. He's chasing that championship over there. Um, top Sportsman 48. I got to say this, JP, before you move on. Uh, you mentioned the word show, and my goodness, uh, Glenn Butcher, uh, I don't know if he forgot to tighten the wheelie bars or what, but he, he did about a three-foot wheelie. To about 500 feet it was uh, awesome if you did not have a chance to see that if you've got flow racing go back watch i think it was uh round two i think it was and it was an awesome display so glenn butcher putting on a show in elite top sportsman so my apologies but i, I couldn't let that go it was awesome oh no <laughs> yeah it was it was it was something to see um <laughs> So Top Sportsman 48, uh, number one qualifier was Vonnie Mills. She goes 403 at 180.79. Uh, 
Uh, bump spot in the 48 car field was 451.6 at 157. So uh, a lot of quality quality cars there, and they had enough cars where they they you know they had they ran the 48 car field. Uh, I feel like that's a good like that's a good barometer, right? If you have a spread of 100 per each car. So, for instance, elite top sportsman, right? Urban or uh, Buddy goes 371, and then your 16th qualifier is essentially a 4.0, somewhere like that. So that's that's two hundredths essentially per per car. So that's you know that's um, pretty good. But in the regular side, it's essentially 48 cars, 48 numbers, right? That's a pretty good spread. Like that's I mean that's pretty competitive racing. That you. You yeah, got to tip your hat to them, right? Yeah, you, it, it's definitely competitive racing, and 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 uh, it it just goes to show the level of competition over there, um, which is high, and that's why everybody wants to go race over there, um, and and that's why they keep getting these amazing car counts. So hats mm-hmm. off to BDRA. They they've figured out something, and they've, you know, they're the top sports and top dragster guys are are definitely showing support. Um, yeah. So I, I get that, you. Very good. That's always good. Uh, let's see. At the end of the day, it was Gary Wojanowski. Uh, he goes four twenty eight five at one sixty one sixty five uh, over Andy Horn, who Andy Horn broke. I think he broke on the starting line, so that was he was never in the race to begin with. Uh, unfortunately, suffered some attrition. So congratulations to Gary. On the win, picks up the win in Top Sportsman 48 at Norwalk. There you go. Nicely done. Yes, nicely done. Uh, we got into a little bit of Top Dragster in the previous segment. Uh, like I said, 64 cars total, elite Top Dragster, number one qualifier. Craig Addis, 365 at 198. Uh, fast bump spot, 382. Um, just ridiculous. Amazing. Yeah, uh, amazing. Yeah. So the top dragster guys have have definitely stepped up. I guess they got tired of uh, getting out qualified by the top sportsman guys. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you think so, they've been listening? Right, you I, think they've been listening, JP? And they were like, I, "All right." They, I think they were listening. I think they said, "We're going to show this guy." So all right, top 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 sportsman guys, y'all my guys now. You know, I'm, I'm one of y'all, so we right. need to do something about this. We we can't let this stand. <laughs> this will not stand. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So in the finals, we had Pete Maduri over Robert Pickens. Pete went 375 1 at 195 on a 374 dial in. And Robert turned it red and still went 373 at 199. But uh, red light basically destroyed any chances that he had um, of winning. So congratulations to Pete Maduri. He's always. Always a threat to win over there. Uh, congratulations to Robert Pickens on the runner-up. Yeah, top sport. Good, good for both those guys. Uh, yep. Yeah, definitely good showing. I'm sorry, I said top sports and top drags to 48. Uh, I guess not exactly the field that he wanted to be in, but if you got to be in that field, you might as well be number one. So Steve Fur. Like you said earlier, 382.7 at 189. Yep. Um, bump spot and top, top drags to 48 was 459.2 at 150. So good solid field. 
Um, what can you say about the winner? The man has been on fire. TG Passel, once again, unbelievable. Thirty-one. Yeah. He goes four thirty-one two at one forty-seven fifty over Ricky Molinar's four twenty-three nine at one sixty-four to pick up the win. So congratulations to TG. He keeps picking up wins and uh, he's having one heck of a season. So yeah, again, like that that guy, um, very impressive behind the wheel. Um, does it both on the top sportsman side and the top dragster side and the regular side usually, and just killing people. I mean, just, and has been doing it, like had a great year last year and then comes out and gets another win here. So man, uh, you do not want to see him in the other lane. That's the bottom line. No, he's <laughs> cause he's definitely capable of getting it done. So very he's one of those guys. Yes. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, so good. I mean, heck of a race there, huh? I mean, just, I that mean, was a, yeah, amazing. great race at Norwalk this weekend and, and hats off to all the top sportsmen and top drags, the guys would, for coming out um and they're, they're showing up in big 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 numbers so uh that's always good um hats off the pdra they seem to have it figured out with this with the new format the way yep. they're running um so we'll have to sit back and watch and see how it goes for the rest of the season and see if they can keep on getting these incredible car councils right now that's Seems to be if you have a top sportsman, a top dragster car, that's the place to be. Uh, right, the place everybody wants to be. So, like I said, hats off to PDRA. Um, but we did have some other racing that went on this weekend too. On the long track, D one at Maple Grove. Nice. And they had they had a decent showing. They had thirty eight top dragsters show up. I like it. Um, so that was that was pretty good. Uh. Alan Kenny goes six twelve with a four at two oh eight thirty six to claim the number one spot in top dragster. The bump was a seven eleven two at one eighty three, mm-hmm. and this is all quarter mile. Um, at the end of the day, it was Vince Mussolino who goes six fifty nine one at one ninety four thirty over Eric Corey. Who goes six sixty nine six at one ninety eight ninety six? It looked like Vince had a pretty good starting line advantage to take that one. So congratulations to Vince. Um, as we move on to top sportsman, a uh, little light on top sportsman. Nineteen cars, but hey, what can you say? Number one qualifier was uh, Jeff Brooks. He goes six. 30 with an eight at two twenty two ninety nine. So that thing is screaming out the back door. <laughs> um, oh, Henry J is. In the yes, wind. it oh, is, <laughs> man. Yeah. Don't, so, don't turn around. Just hope you dialed right, brother. The way that thing is charging. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> don't even look, don't even look like you just got to hope you dialed right. That's it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Jeff, yeah, that's flying on the top end, brother. Yeah. So, uh, but at the end of the event, it was, uh, hey, this guy's been on fire this year, too. Brandon Miller, who was 0-1-16, goes 6-88-3 at 198 over Jeff Brooks, who goes, get this, Rex, 6-46-0 on a 6-46. Oh. Uh, but he was a little behind on the starting line, and uh, Brandon basically – 
003 margin of victory to edge him out. So do you think he ripped him at all though? I mean, he didn't rip him, right? He just he you just think was, Jeff ripped him? No, no, Brandon. He he just put his head down, right? And went to the strike. I, I don't know. I feel like it was some ripping going on because Jeff only went two thirteen and Brandon went one ninety eight. May Brandon may not have, but I feel like Jeff was Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's it looks like Jeff killed some mile an hour down there. So Yeah, it sure did. That's interesting. It, it, yeah. I don't there know. There's like, something going on on the top end. Jeff, Jeff can drive that thing, but I mean, can you see out of a Henry J? Can you see out of it at all? I don't know. I, I, I've never been in one, so I don't. I mean, I guess he can. He has mirrors or something. I know. I've heard of guys having mirrors, so. Yeah, interesting. Well, I, I will say this. I mean, we, we were both at Maple Grove not too long ago. They've done some phenomenal things at that facility to make it just a you know first-class facility. So I'm sure the track was in great shape. I'm sure that was a great place to have a divisional. And, um, you know, from all the guys that got W's and, or, and girls that got W's there, congratulations because uh, great event and man i can't wait to go back to that facility it was cool it was just a cool oh, place i, I yeah kind of love it it's it's so nice up there i had no idea how nice it was until i got up there so yeah hats off to cal and shane and the rest of the crew up there because they're, they're doing a great job with maple grove so yeah if you haven't been go check it out yeah, absolutely. Um, in other news, I know a friend of the show, Mark Jones, got a win down in Texas. That's uh, D4 land, got in top dragster. I do not have the full race report. That is on me. Um, holiday weekend got to me, among other things here. But uh, congrats to Mark Jones for uh, getting it done one more time. We should probably have him on and let him talk us through that, that race a little bit. Um, but uh, congrats to Mark and all the people who won. Top dragster, top sportsman over the last couple weeks. Um, you know what we need to do, JP? We need to have Victoria Beamer back on and give us the the uh, junior dragster report as well. So let's do that here soon. Maybe next episode. How's that sound? Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Victoria's been I, they've been all over the place racing, and I'm, I'm I know she's got a probably a bunch to report on. So. It'll be interesting to to get the junior perspective. And Listen, our girl is going number one every time. Home. Every time, JP, she's, she's number, number one. one qualifier. Every time she I shows up, she's killing it. Yeah. She's she's just she's having a little bit of bad luck with some things. So I I think they're going to put it together. I I would not be surprised to see her get a win or two. You cannot work as hard as she's working and not succeed. That's the whole thing. Like no, she's going to not. succeed because she works extremely hard. And, and I know her dad, Darren, is working hard on that thing as well. So, all right, guys, that is today's Half-Track Report. Whoa, let's get out of the groove for one second here. And, JP, we got to go way out of the groove. Um, and as we get out of the groove, we got to make a slight turn and then make another turn, and then make another turn, and make another turn, so we can talk about the Indianapolis 500 that happened over the weekend. I know where you're at, JP. It's not probably as big a deal, but it is the largest motorsports event on the planet with oh, almost 400,000 people showing up. And it's right in my backyard. It is, uh, the whole place goes absolutely crazy, Speedway, Indiana. It is uh Pretty pretty awesome time if you've not been there. Make it make it uh, on your 
you know, bucket list type thing to do. But here's what I think is so awesome about it. This at least it was awesome this year. And I think I've probably mentioned this before, but the Indy 500 race directors, I think there there was a lot of disaster down the stretch. Like there in the last I think 8 laps there were two two or three red flags thrown. And a lot, so there's a lot of action. Danica wasn't driving, but it kind of felt like Danica was on the track because there was a lot of carnage. And so they stop the race a couple times. And then, so they had this chance, right? They had this choice whether they could kind of let them rip or call it under yellow, or they could red flag it and create what you and I know as a drag race. So it comes down to, um, you know, it comes down to the last two drivers, and um, truthfully, now I'm forgetting the uh, the loser. But but it comes down to the, there's two cars. They have a they have two and a half miles to go. They are racing, you know, side by side, going down at 230 miles an hour, and it is a dogfight. And of course, what do the announcers say? Well, they always say when it's the most exciting part of a roundy round race. What do they always say, JP? You know it. It's going to be a drag race oh, to the finish. Of and- course. <laughs> they come to us, JP. They come. They know the, the most exciting time of the race is actually a drag race. It, they Listen, this is a little known fact, but if, if you're a drag racer, you know this. All them guys want to be drag racers. Heck yeah, they do. They can... They can say what they want to say. They can act how they want to act. All of them want to be drag racers, from IndyCar to F1 to NASCAR. They get paid to drive that other stuff, but it, they want they in their heart they want to be drag racers because they know that that's the true test right there. Who can get there first? Who's got the most power? Who who's who's going to do it? And 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 that's why it always comes back to it's going to be a drag race to the finish because that's. That's what they want. That's that's really what they want. They also know that if you can turn, you're not going fast enough. They know it exactly. in their heart. They know that. Um, you know, and so Joseph Newgarden was the winner. Uh, he beats Marcus Erickson at the and Erickson actually, when they released the or let him go from the red flag, was actually in the lead. And Newgarden kind of paced him for a little bit. And then, man, when he went down, he just went right past him. Slingshot, engaged, went around him. And it was pretty awesome because uh, Roger Penske wins his 19th, 19th JP Indy 500, either as a driver or a car owner, 19th Indy 500 win. It was amazing. So give uh, Roger Penske a little credit for that um give Joseph Newgarden first uh Indy 500 winner people can complain about how that thing shook down at the end but uh Newgarden will never care he will always say I won the Indy 500 and you guys can flap your gums I do not care I have the hardware I have the Borg Warner trophy that tells me I'm one of the best that's ever lived I, in the words of the immortal Ricky Bobby if you ain't first you last <laughs> It's so true. It's, I mean, yeah. It's, well, the slingshot was engaged, and you know he's not—he's not last. He's first. Joseph Newgarden. There you and go. So, but I thought that was uh, man. Just one more, one more thing that just reminds us all that uh, we're the best. 
Drag racing is the absolute best. As we hit the mile per hour cone, JP, this is maybe the best the best ever mile per hour cone we've ever had. And uh, we've had some good ones, like 116 episodes. There were some good mile per hour cone segments. This may be the best. And here's here's where it is. Um, I've got this, and this is comes from the uh, TikTok files here. If you're if you're following this, uh, race car hauler clocked at 116 miles an hour on I-75. So this is a toter home triple axle stacker trailer that gets pulled over and gets a speeding ticket for going. Not 96 miles per hour, not, you know, 86 miles per hour, 116 miles an hour going down the highway. This is not a racetrack. This is the highway 175. And so the guy who got pulled over, his name is Kurt Jett. And I don't know what he does. It looks like it's um, some type of sprint car because he's got number nine on there and 78 and 51, maybe a wing sprint or something like that. Maybe you guys know him, Kurt Jett. I do not know him. Uh, my apologies, but he drives a uh, <laughs> he drives a, a stacker or a toter with a with a fifth wheel, and then a triple axle stacker trailer. And my man had it absolutely pegged, going 116 miles an hour. I'm not condoning that action, JP, but it's pretty impressive. <laughs> you gotta give him a little credit. For getting that thing up, not over a hundred miles an hour, he was like, "No, no, no, we're gonna keep going, we're gonna keep going." You know what he was? He was like Maverick in the new Top Gun. He was like uh, <laughs> Mach nine point eight. No, 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 not good enough. Mach ten, not good enough. I'm trying to get this thing to Mach ten and a half. Is what he was trying to got, get to. Got to go to Mach ten and a half. Right. That is <laughs> right. crazy. I, we need to find him and get him on the show because I just want to <laughs> know what kind of tune that he has in that thing or something because. That's pretty impressive for a, a, a vehicle of that size. It It's incredibly impressive, incredibly dangerous, I would say, also. Because, I mean, I fully loaded, he's probably close to, you know, uh, probably 60,000 pounds, maybe more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's moving. It's uh, a lot, of, a lot it, of weight to get stopped. I wonder. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but I just was like, what? I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen people that drive fast. Maybe, maybe he was late. For Q1, I don't know. Like, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. he, maybe he was I mean, late. I've been trying to get somewhere towing and trying to get home, but I, I've never been I, I've never been that fast. <laughs> there are a lot of dudes that haven't been 116 mile an hour on a racetrack. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's 160 mile an hour is fast, and especially pulling a toter and the whole, you know, pulling stacker yeah. and the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. So, uh, this week's episode, boy, I, I don't even know what to say, honestly, if that's good or bad, it, but it, but it's impressive. You know, I'm not, I'm not totally upset about it. My man, Kurt Jett getting the ticket at 116 miles an hour. I think maybe you get to keep your license at that point. Maybe you don't. I, I do not know. Yeah. You, you, you flirting with reckless. I'm, I'm thinking that, uh, <laughs> they, they could have, it could have went either way for him, but I guess it depends on the speed. Yeah. It could have went either way for him, but, and just for the record, if you see the, the, the Miller motorsports, uh, rig going down, <laughs> we, any law enforcement that might be listening, I obey all traffic laws. So I, <laughs> 
<laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can back you up. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, you obey all the laws, so that's good. Yeah, we're we're not like Kurt Jet, um, you know, trying to go double the speed limit everywhere we go. I, you know, I can't. My stuff don't run that good. I'm trying to figure out. It yeah, runs so, good. It just don't run that good. Right. <laughs> Save that money for the the race car. You know, all the extra parts there. All right. Congrats, Kurt Jet. Um, but uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, like I tell a lot of people, keep it under a hundred. All right, JP, it's time to bring it back in. What are we going to do with the stripe here? Let's take a peek. Let's do it. Let's take the stripe, hey? Guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 116. And there it is. There it is. There's the wind light. And, of course... The sweet, sweet sound. Man, so good. It's so good. <laughs> Laura Brannigan. Uh, yeah, um, tragic, really, her life. But uh, she she gave us something good to remind uh, of us, of her. A timeless classic. Timeless, it is. And uh, and I will say this. If you have not seen the video, you got to go pull it up because it's pretty fantastic. Pretty, pretty fan. We should all have a big disco ball just um, right next to us at all times. That, I think that would make our lives a little better. I feel like it would make the day go a little smooth. <laughs> oh, yeah? You want to you have a little something you want to <laughs> pop off to me? Um, here, talk to the disco ball. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, guys, girls, that was a we, we did have a great show, I think, this week, even though we did not have any guests, but we'll get back to it next time. We've got some great guests on tap. We've really got some cool uh, tech guests coming on um, in terms of some wind tunnel and aero design type stuff. I'm pretty excited to bring you that. Of course, we're going to bring all the top drivers to you. Uh, going forward but if you would if you would do us a favor and leave a review on itunes and or soundcloud it helps we don't know why we just we just know that it does i mean but you can say anything you can say this is the best podcast on the planet talking about top sportsman top dragster you can say things like hey um my toter doesn't go that fast you can say things you know like um you know if you can turn, you're not going fast enough. You can say anything. Help, you know, let me out of this trunk. I don't care. You can say whatever, but the algorithms don't know. So it helps us if you just type something in there. So we would really appreciate it. Please like, share, subscribe, all of that. We, we're better. We're, uh, we're worldwide, but we're trying to go intergalactic. So help us grow the Fast Brackets podcast. Guys, girls, I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down. And travel safe.
Hey Rex, so it looks like we've got another trip out in front of us. Um, we're gonna go check out a No Prep Kings race in the Street Outlaws crew. Um, looks like they're kicking off their season six, and uh, I'm pretty excited to see what uh, I can learn out there. Yeah, um, that that's this No Prep Kings Street Outlaws uh, starts their season this weekend, National Trail Raceway, Columbus, Ohio, or technically Hebron, Ohio. I have a fondness uh, for that track, as you know, Chris. I ran my best ever lap there. It was uh, 001 dead on with a zero there a long time ago when I was running index stuff at a reasonable level. And so I, I do appreciate that track. Excited to get back there. And then you have to give the Street Outlaw guys a lot of credit. I mean, they they have created a fan base that was not there previously before them. And so from that standpoint, I give them a lot of credit. Uh, the cars are very high quality at this point. I, I've not been to a No Prep Kings event to this point, And I don't particularly love all the ongoings that happen off the track uh, at the No Prep stuff. That said... Give those guys and girls a lot of credit for racing at a high level and doing it uh, with with fast cars and great equipment. And these guys and girls really know what they're doing. So I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wonder if one of them's the ones in the toter home heading at 116 miles an hour to get there. <sighs> yeah. Um, you know that. <laughs> That's uh, still pretty impressive. Still pretty impressive. And, you know, uh, good for him uh, running 116 miles an hour on our 116th episode. Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. <laughs> 